Welcome to the new 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week we seek to understand the practical truths of the Bible and how they can change our lives. And now, here's your podcast host, Pastor Mark Miner. Well, welcome today. I hope you're having a great day. I am, and uh, thank you for giving me 24 minutes of time to share my passion with you, which is the Bible. I believe it's God's Word. I believe it is the most incredible book par excellence beyond any other book of antiquity or any book ever written. Certainly one of the bestsellers, but just because it's a bestseller doesn't necessarily make it unique. What makes it unique, I believe, is where it came from, and that is a heart and mind of God. At least that's what the Bible claims for itself. So uh, whether you believe that or not, welcome today. Thank you for stopping along. I, I will tell you we are on a mission to understand the Bible. That's a little bit different than believing the Bible. But I believe if you truly understand the Bible, you will begin to see how God put it together as this truly amazing book that gives us revelation to the heart, the mind, not only of God, but to ourselves. I'm a psychologist, at least that's my training. And so as I think about the human mind and I think about behavior, I see the Bible just applying to so many truths that are research-based being proven out every day. So whatever uh, discipline you come from, whatever direction, uh, welcome today. We're going to open up the Word. At least we're going to open up uh, this portion, this episode of the Word. Today we're going to be talking about the book of Numbers. Before we do that, though, before we get into that, I part of my promise to you as we talk through the Bible, I know many people are attempting, have attempted throughout the last uh, couple of millennia to read through the Bible. That's an honorable task. But I will also tell you that it is a difficult one because you will bog down. Last week, for example, we talked about the book of law, which is Leviticus. And if you read through law books, uh, you're going to get bored because of all the uh, minutiae, all the small things important. But still, it's not something that we would read for entertainment or novel or even to keep us away. Uh, it's, it's a portion there written to help us understand very specific directions. And that's why God gave the book of Leviticus to Moses. Today, we're talking about a book that we call the book of Numbers. I want you to be able to talk through the Bible, though. I think there's a confidence that comes through that. So uh, for most episodes, I begin with a review. As a teacher, I think it's important to, to remember where we've come from so that we can know where we're going. Redundancy is good. Hearing things over and over again. If you've ever helped someone learn their spelling words back when you were in grade school, I don't even know if they still give spelling words today with computers and with all the opportunities we have to correct our spelling. But back in my day, we had spelling words. And I noticed that if I would help someone learn and study, I learned them better than they did. And I believe the same thing is true when we talk about the confidence that comes from reviewing uh, and talking through the Bible. And so we've been looking at mountains, uh, seven mountains or three mountains, different mountains in each book. So I, I want to review with you. If you're a regular listener, this hopefully will help you to remind yourself that you can know the Bible. 
And you can understand it as good as a pastor or uh, an evangelist uh, because you can talk through it. You can fill in the valleys, uh, put the meat on the bones, so to speak, whenever you're ready. But just the fact that you know the structure and the connecting points, if you can aim for the mountains, you will get to where you need to go. That's what we're hoping to do today. So again, thank you very much for joining me. Here we go with a little bit of review. We're going to start with Genesis, not going to get deep. Just want to give you some things out of the book of Genesis. As I'm standing here right now recording this, uh, probably 100 yards from where I stand, uh, there are railroad tracks and, and daily many freight trains come through. Sometimes we have to wait for those trains because of the many cars. Each one of those cars loaded with much freight perhaps great treasure, depending on what is inside that freight car. Well, the Bible is very similar. It's, it's a freight train of 66 cars. Each car is connected. What our hope is, what my hope is, is that we're going to open up this car. Today, we're going to open up the car, if you will, of the book of Numbers, the freight car, and look inside and see what's there. And, and so we're going to be doing that with all 66 books. They're all connected. There is a plan. From the beginning to the end, they're all going in the same direction, but it's good to open those doors and see what treasures we may find inside. So we looked a few weeks ago at the book of Genesis. You can look at earlier podcasts if you're interested in listening through the Bible, and I explained a little more fully, but just to jump across the mountains here of Genesis, we started out simply saying that Genesis is in the beginning. In fact, Genesis means beginning. The first thing that happens in the book of Genesis is creation, the beginning. The second thing that happens in the book of Genesis is the fall of man, sin. The next thing that happens of a mountainous sort of idea is the flood, Genesis chapter 6, where God uh, destroys the world in a sense, except for Noah and his uh, sons and their wives. And so the eight people in all in Noah's flood and Noah's ark, you can read about that on your own. Then after that, they all get out of the ark. It's called the restart. That's mountain number four, beginning again. Number five is the call of Abraham. And the Bible pivots at that point. Because for, for the first uh, 11 chapters of Genesis, which cover almost 2,000 years, uh, we are talking about the world. But in Genesis 12, it narrows down like an hourglass to one man and his family, and that is Abraham. So Genesis 12, the call of Abraham, that's mountain number five in Genesis. Then uh, if you're still, if you're a Bible student, or even if you're not, uh, Gen Abraham had uh, some children, uh, actually had Isaac, and Isaac had uh, Jacob, and Jacob had 12 children. So, and those 12 children became the 12 tribes of Israel. So number six mountain in Genesis is Israel, the formation of these of this country uh, known as Israel, which really genuinely just began from the 12 children of, of Jacob. And then the last thing in Genesis is the journey to Egypt. That's where we end the book of Genesis. They're in Egypt with Joseph, one of the 12 sons of Israel or Jacob. Then we begin the book of Exodus. You're with me so far? Going too fast? Everything okay? All right, just checking. want to make sure. Just, just keep walking through this in your mind because we're talking through the Bible. And now we're talking about the book of Exodus. Genesis covers over 2,000 years. Exodus covers about 400 years. And in the book of Exodus, we find the children of Israel in slavery. And so God needs to raise up someone. So mountain number two, he raises up a man by the name of Moses. 
Moses is on the backside of a mountain and he sees something. Mountain number three, he sees a burning bush that is not devoured. And you know the story here. So I'm just, again, touching some of these things. But we're just talking through it again. Uh, You remember after the burning bush, God sends Moses back to Egypt. And there's the ten plagues consummating with the death plague or the death angel, if you will, Passover for the Jews. And so that's mountain number four is the 10 plagues. Now they're out of here. Mountain number five, the exit. And that's really what the book of Exodus is all about. It's about the exit. And so if you remember that, you'll be doing really well as far as the book of Exodus. It's the exit. But after the exodus out of Egypt, they come into uh, the desert, and there's a mountain called Mount Sinai, very prominent in the scripture, and on top of that mountain is where God calls Moses to give him the most profound understanding of our human nature and how broken we are, in fact, for the purpose of the Ten Commandments, is not to tell us to do better as much as to show us how far we've truly fallen because of our broken nature. So nature. So mountain number six is the Ten Commandments. Mountain number seven, the tabernacle. The building designed architecturally by God, giving the blueprints to Moses so that we might not only see uh, this, this beautiful picture of sacrifice, but it truly is the picture of the cross and the plan of salvation, for that's what the tabernacle is all about. So We just went through the book of Genesis and Exodus. If you remember that, you're doing really, really well. Give yourself a gold star, uh, and here we go. Uh, last, uh, Last week, I talked about the book of Leviticus, only three mountains there, because the book of Leviticus only covers one month. It's a law book, and basically, in just very approximate sort of terms, mountain number one, the book of Leviticus, there's the Jewish offerings. That's what gets very redundant, very hard to understand. Do this, do this, cut this off, kill this, don't touch this. All these things, but nonetheless, that's the offerings. Number one, the Jewish offerings. Secondly is the Jewish lifestyle, which really isn't just a Jewish lifestyle. It's a holy lifestyle that will bless and benefit us if we live according to it. For there is hygiene, and there is wisdom, and there is understanding. And so if by faith we will live that lifestyle, if they would live that lifestyle, style, none of these diseases which came upon the Egyptians, God said to them, will come upon you. So lifestyles, amazing. And then the last mountain in Leviticus is uh, that God gave them holidays and a calendar. Remember, the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. They had never been a country. They had never had a society or a culture. They had been slaves for almost 400 years. So God blesses them with a culture, with holy days, seven of them. We call them holidays. He gave them a plan. He gave them a way to live. He made, gave them an identity. And isn't that what we all need, what we really want? We want to have an identity of who we are. And God gave that to them. That's the book of Leviticus. Okay, take a breath. I think I am. And now let's look at the book for the rest of our time together, the book of numbers. Important truth to understand uh, that the book of numbers is our English name for this book. The Hebrews would call it Bemidbar. Bemidbar. B-E-M-I-D-Bar. B-A-R. Bemidbar. And it means in the desert. 
And that's really what the book of Numbers, if you remember nothing else about the book of Numbers from the podcast today, uh, remember this, that the, the book of Numbers is really all about the desert journey. And that's truly what the Hebrews, the Jewish, would call it. They still do call it that today. And it is exactly what you might think when we talk about the book of Numbers. It is a book of a census. In the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 1 and 2, there is a law requirement that every 10 years in the United States, there is a census taken. Part of that census is to redistribute the uh, power of governing our country, but it's important to know who you have so that you can understand your strengths and or your weaknesses. And so uh, our forefathers understood that, built that into the Constitution. The book of Numbers is God taking a census of the people that have come out of Egypt. Uh, The book of uh, Numbers covers about 40 years. It's the journey from basically from Mount Sinai all the way to the Promised Land. And so let me just explain to you the mountains that we're going to look at. Again, just trying to talk through the book of Numbers. So I'm going to give you some particulars. Some of you might remember, some you might not. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, The purpose is not just to drive these facts into your head, but for you to get confident that when you're talking about the Bible and somebody says, the book of Numbers, I don't understand that. You could say, oh, well, it's really a census. And it really is about the wonderings of the Jews during those 40 years when they were out in the Sinai Peninsula. Well, my friend, you just became a superstar. They're going to ask you to be the pastor, the leader. They're going to, you're going to be teaching a Bible study. You're going to be doing something because most people don't understand that. They've read through it, but they don't understand that numbers is just simply what it says. It's a census. So let's look at seven mountains. Again, not to drill down with facts, but if you want to take some notes, and by the way, as always, the Facebook page of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast will have some maps and charts of some of the things that take place in the book of Numbers to help you visually conceptualize what God wants you to know through his book that he's given to you, this book of Numbers. I love the details. I love to be reading along and find something that I've never seen before. And it's one of those aha moments where I just got a nugget of gold. And There are so many of those in the book of Numbers in the 36 chapters covering the 40 years of the journey through the wilderness from the Exodus, from Mount Sinai, if you will, uh, to the Promised Land. So let's look at seven mountains here on this journey. The first was simply the census. Chapter 1 is a census. And God asked Moses, commands him, if you will, to number all the men of, quote, fighting age, which he defines as between 20 and 50. So over this 30-year spread of men, we get a census and we get a number. Now, I will tell you that one of the things I love about the Bible is the specificity. It gives us numbers. It gives us names. It gives us locations. God is very generous to help us nail down some things. We may not always understand it, and we might even be a little astounded 
by some of the things, but God's not hiding anything. There's nothing vague here. There's no Nostradamus sort of thing where maybe someday in the sweet by and by this will happen. No, God's very specific. And that's the first census. 603,550 men were counted. That does not, by the way, count the tribe of Levi. We will talk about that in a minute. But of the other 11 tribes, 603,550. If we extrapolate that out, I'm going to give you the figure that there were about a million people in the wilderness. That may seem like a lot. Uh, but I again, I will remind you that if you go to Ann Arbor, Michigan, they have a football stadium that holds 108,000 people. So we're talking about nine Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you're a University of Michigan fan, there you go. Or if you want to just compare it to a city, try Austin, Texas or Jacksonville, Florida. So Austin, Texas or Jacksonville, Florida is out there in the wilderness right now. Now, that requires a lot of help. That requires a lot of uh, provisions. It really shows the miraculousness of God sustaining this one million plus people out there. Uh, of course, they have the responsibility of doing what they do, but God has provided the manna from heaven. He provides the water. He provides quail, ultimately. So there is all these provisions that, that God has given them in that regard. Uh, but uh, again, just to get the idea in your head, uh, about a million people, we're talking about Austin, Texas, out there in the wilderness. The first census was taken, and we have that uh, number specifically for us. Let's look at six other mountains here in the book of Numbers. Mountain number two that I'm going to give you is the Tabernacle Caretakers. Uh, I pastor a church, and we have a staff of four or five people that, that take care of our building. They, they make sure that the water's flowing and that the toilets are working. There's, there's paper towels. They make sure that the carpets are clean and the nursery toys are clean. And all of those things, and this is a very small building, uh, the, the tabernacle had to be taken care of. It was a very exotic a very uh, complicated, in some senses, uh, building. That was a tent that was made to be moved. The ca tabernacle caretakers, and you'll find from uh, Numbers chapter 3 to Numbers chapter 12, uh, really is just about the tabernacle, taking care of it. There were three sons of Levi, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Gershom and Kohath and Marai, uh, and those three sons, or their tribes, if you will, were charged by God with taking care of the tabernacle. For example, uh, uh, Gershom's job and all those that were of his clan or his tribe, their job was to take care, to put up, and to make sure that the tent of meeting, that would be the actual tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant and all the other furniture was, uh, was kept and part of the religious uh, observations there or, or ordinances, but their job was to put up the tents. There were five skins that had to be spread out over this very large tent. I'm not going to go into all of that now. You can study if you want, but, but it was a job. And it required maintenance, and it required uh, a lot of labor. It required some strength. So that was their job. The, the tribe of Kohath, part of the tribe of Levi, their job was to maintain the holy furniture the, ark, the uh, altar of incense and the table of showbread, the menorah, 
course, the Ark of the Covenant. It was their job to carry those things when they moved out, and there were prescribed ways. So uh, you get the idea here. And the, and the tribe of, or the sub-tribe of Levi, uh, Marii, their job was to put up the fencing or the boundaries around the tabernacle, which was, again, a very large sort of area, probably a, a little bit less than a football field, if that gives you some picture. But it was very intense to carry all those tents. And they had poles that weighed a lot. Uh, think of a, a railroad tire, a six by six. Those poles had to be put up. There were gold, uh, bronze, excuse me, bronze stands that they set in. Uh, and there was rope to tie it all together. It was not an easy job. So, but we, what we find out in Numbers chapter 3 through 12 is that uh, the instructions are given to these uh, uh, tribes to take care of the tabernacle. Mountain number three, we find in Numbers 13, we're just talking through the book of Numbers now, God gets them after about a year, actually probably less than that, uh, they get to the place where God was going to lead them into the promised land, Numbers chapter 13, and it was an epic fail, a promised land failure. You remember the story, perhaps. They sent out the spies, uh, 12 of them. All of them came back. Ten of them said, we are like grasshoppers in this land. These people are giants. What are we thinking? We can't win this war. Caleb and Joshua, the two men of faith, said, with God's help, we can do anything. Let's go. But the majority ruled, and they didn't go in. It was an epic failure, a failure of faith in God, and a failure of, of having the vision to do what God had showed them to do. So for the next 38, let's just say 40 years, after this epic failure, they wander in the wilderness until all of that generation, according to uh, the book of Numbers, according to what God said, died off. So for 40 years, we're wandering around, and that is mountain number four. Lots of things taking place during this wandering. Again, remember, we're talking about the city of Austin, Texas, or Jacksonville, Florida. There's a lot of people there. Everybody, all the enemies and other tribes around them, all know that they're right there. They see the, the fire by night as the glory of God dwells over the tabernacle. They see the cloud over the tabernacle by day. They understand that their God, the God of this Hebrew tribe, these Jews, their God really is God. And they live in fear. Sometimes they attack, sometimes they back off. But lots of events taking place during the wandering of the children of Israel. Uh, there's rebellions, there's challenges. You might remember Aaron's staff that budded as um, Aaron and Moses' authority was challenged. You might remember Moses striking the rock when there wasn't enough water. That was the very thing that caused him to be excluded from going into the promised land, his disobedience to God. All of those things and so much more during this period of wandering. So again, let me just review on the book of Numbers. The first mountain is the census. That's really what this book's about. Number two is the tabernacle and setting it up and taking it down and moving around. What a job that was. Mountain number three, the epic fail of the promised land. They didn't go in. They lost faith. And so for 40 years, they're wondering, which is mountain number four. Mountain number five, I just zero in on this uh, because Jesus did. And it's the bronze serpent. 
We read about that in Numbers 21. Jesus talked about the bronze serpent when he was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You might remember that story. But the bronze serpent, you can read about that. Uh, Mountain number 6, the whole story of Balaam. We're all familiar with Balaam's donkey that talked to him. Uh, isn't that interesting? And maybe that'll be the case in heaven. Maybe we'll have conversations with the animals, perhaps. But Numbers 22 and on to 25 is all about Balaam and his attempt not to beat or destroy the children of Israel. They knew they couldn't do that, but to water down their faith, to seduce them so that they would not be a threat. The enemies all around wanted them neutralized. That was mountain number six. And mountain number seven, it's a bookend. It's another census. So the book of Numbers begins with a census and ends with a census. It's interesting. The second census, uh, there are 601,730 fighting men, men between the ages of 20 and 50, which is a difference of just about 2,000 people. So during his 40 years, they actually lost about 1,800, 1,900 people uh, as far as the total population during their time in the wilderness. Well, uh, we're going to end it right there. Uh, that really is the book of Numbers. Think about census. Think about Bemidbar, uh, 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 the wandering in the desert, for that's what the Jews call it. Uh, next week, we're going to look at the uh, last book of the Torah, Moses' five books, which is Deuteronomy. I'll just give you a little heads up. It's Moses' farewell speech. It's the final overture before everything wraps up, and that's really what it is. It's a review of all the things that have happened, but we're going to look at Moses' farewell speech in Deuteronomy. Uh, you're getting ready. We're getting ready in our walk through the Bible and this freight train to go on into the promised land. That's going to be the book of Joshua. We'll get to that, of course, later. Uh, but uh, this, is, this is important as I close out. You may say, well, why do I care about these things? Well, we're dealing with them right now. Uh, the promised land is still the promised land of the Jews. And as I stand before you, there's war in Israel. A trip that I had planned for May of this year to go to Israel has been canceled simply because they're fighting over the promised land. It matters. The Bible matters. The people of the Bible matter. And so that's an important thing. We, we talk about the Jewish people and their history because the focus is upon the Jewish people even to this moment. Why? Because they were the chosen people, not because they were so good, because they were not, but because God chose them in love through which to bring his Messiah. And that's the reason the promised land is a promised land and the Jewish people are the focus. And the Messiah is the whole issue from Genesis 12 all the way past the Gospels to the book of Acts chapter 2. We are talking about the children of Abraham because Jesus is going to be the one out of Abraham who would deliver his people and who would pay the price for the sins. Hey, thank you again for being a part. Uh, let me know on the Facebook page or if you know me or if you can uh, uh, get an email or a text to me in that regard. Certainly the Facebook page is the easiest way to do so. Uh, let me know if this is helping you. Uh, certainly if you have some friends that are wanting to just talk through the Bible and get a basic understanding, uh, turn them on to this podcast. So thankful to have you along today. Hope you have a blessed, awesome day, and I look forward to seeing you next week again 
again on the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.